Okay, so let's talk about context with counterbalance system. So there's a lot of places where we can use it. Um, I think, you know, a lot of counterbalance is taught with the aim of it being some sort of intervention or rescue tool. Because remember, we teach counterbalance in a CWI class, a climbing wall instructor class, as a as a concept in single pitch and then multi-pitch. Um, and, you know, I remember looking at the most recent top rope um, book out, and in the end, the author was talking about how in, in his career, he's only used, you know, this technique a few times to, while in single pitch train to, you know, go rescue somebody and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I thought that was interesting because I think of counterbalance more often as an intervention tool in terms of coaching, um, specifically more in single pitch terrain. Uh, Multi-pitch terrain, I think of it more often as rescue, but not always. So if you think about it as a coaching tool, it opens up a lot of options for the instructor. So, you know, there are times and places when we have clients, say we're doing a base managed climb, who have the physical capacity to do the climbing, but they're newer, so maybe they're nervous, um, and they just don't understand how to move their body that well or read the rock. So then now they're in a position off the ground and they're starting to kind of get a little bit um, scared and they think they want to come down. Well, you could let them come down. That's fine. But oftentimes, you know, they just need to have someone next to them to kind of calm them down and maybe help them see footholds and handholds in ways that they haven't seen them before. So if you use counterbalance and go up and counter climb and counter ascend and be right with them and then allow them to finish the climb, they might have a much more rewarding experience, you know, with climbing versus, oh, I got so high and I came down. Like, you know, there's a there's a piece of this where you're like, you need to push people to a point and and help them break through places where they thought they might not be able to get to, but without, you know, going too far and then they have a bad experience so i use that a lot um in that scenario just to go up give a little coaching so i'm like i'm like you've got this let's go do this you put your foot here you know step up there deep breath deep breath you know relax and then you're right there with them so if you are in ledgy terrain for example you could get up next to them and literally like stand on a a good stance and belay them from there not and not move at all right so um and as they keep climbing up, so it's kind of like you just moved your belay position up um, and then they keep climbing and then you could like lower them down to you um, and then you could both go down together or you could go up to them and you could all come down together. Or, you know, once again, you could if you're on a stance, you could lower them all the way to the ground and then you counter lower off them once they're on the ground. Um, I always make sure the rope stays. I keep them like just just a little bit off the ground when I and I come down that way. There's no opportunity for them to untie at all, um, which is super important. So counterbalance in that scenario is a great coaching tool. Works really well with kids. I talk about it quite a bit in my podcast about guiding young children. So if you want to hear more about some of the specifics on how we can use counterbalance with young kids, listen to that podcast. Um, so I won't get into it here. But do remember with kids though. That, you know, if they're too small, you are no longer in the counterbalance, right? Because they don't have enough weight. So you have to be 
a little bit more cautious in when you use it and how you use it. But once again, if they're that small, you're probably in very, very easy terrain, fourth class or low fifth class terrain. So your ability just to kind of move around on the rock um, is is pretty high. And there are some other tools we can, or some other um, tricks we can use to kind of offset the balance into our favor. But like I said, go listen to that other podcast um, to figure, um, to hear some of those out. So here's a story which I think is relevant is I remember a couple of years ago, I was guiding, um, with a family, you know, we we're just doing some top roping, base managed top roping. And there was another guide at the cliff doing some top roping and it was an evening session. So it was quiet. We're not a lot of people out, nice, nice temperature, beautiful view. We had some sea cliffs. And I remember this other guide set up this pretty easy climb, you know, mostly high, high fourth class, a little bit of low fifth class, but mostly fourth class. And he had this family, and um, he chose to do all the bling himself. He was bling with a Grigri. And this guy is a 513 climber, super strong. And certified guide, you know, so he's been through training, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he has this girl climb up, and she's like maybe 11 or 12. And she's just really scared. And she's like screaming her head off, like bloody murder. And, you know... It was going on for so long that it became awkward. Like my clients and I were looking at each other. I even looked over at the other guy and he kind of just gave me this little look like, sorry, you know. And I mean literally like 20 plus minutes, this, this girl was just screaming. And she was so hysterical that she was actually doing everything the guide said. So the guy kept coaching her to go up and she did. And her family's just sitting there just kind of like, wow, this is crazy. And the funny thing is like, all he had to do is just go up and counter climb next to her and calm her down. As soon as that started to happen, as soon as she started to go down that rabbit hole, all he had to do was go up. He had the physical skill. He was already set up with the tools. Their weights were were close enough. The terrain was all in play. Like, there's no reason why that young girl needed to have that really bad experience climbing. And I felt really bad um for their family i felt bad for my clients i had to like watch this and hear this and i ultimately lost a lot of respect for that guide who had the training had all the things he needed in place to to solve that problem before it even became a problem and then totally blew it so counterbalance right there would have would have solved pretty much that whole scenario and that that family and that girl would have walked away with a much different experience um so anyway, that, that's a story that always kind of is seared in my mind that I like to talk about with counterbalance. So, but we can, we can do that in, you know, base managed terrain, you know, once again, going up and going down with people, which is kind of cool. Um, and remember, when you're in base managed terrain, like, you know, oftentimes I'm, I'll know who I might need to go and counterbalance with to go kind of go up and coach with, you know. So I may choose to belay or I may choose to, to have my Grigri in that system already. Um, maybe, maybe not. So if you only have one Grigri, the question though is, is where do you put it? You know, if you have multiple clients on multiple ropes going at the same time and you have clients belaying clients, stuff like that. So that's always an interesting question, but sometimes I'll stack the odds in my favor and, and put the Grigri in the system knowing that I most likely will have to go and climb and then once again with little kids it's, it's great to climb with them too so that's kind of cool and that's a great system for that so now in top managed systems like say you go in, in single pitch top managed systems rather you could do the same thing you could go down and be in counterbalance for the same reason right you just need to coach somebody and you think being right next to them might 
allow them to be a little bit more successful. And sometimes it's not necessarily because they're scared. It could just be like, you know, you're going to go down and give them really specific feedback about a certain move or whatever it is. And that's really cool. So remember, when you're in top manage and you have and you're playing directly off the anchor, you could leave them on whatever tool you're belaying them off the anchor with. So Yes, you are in counterbalance, but they're always being guarded on their side of the rope by the belay tool up top. So if you take weight off the rope on your side, they're still weighted and tensioning the the belay tool that you have at the top of your system. So it's kind of interesting. You essentially have a counterbalance system with progress capture is what that is. So that's kind of a cool scenario to be in. So your movements have a little bit less impact on the other person now the other cool thing about being in counterbalance is that if you hang back on the rope for example it takes a little bit of weight off the other person who's climbing so sometimes it can give them a little confidence a little boost as they're making uh, moves through a certain section which is kind of cool sometimes it pulls them out of position so if they're kind of off to the side a little out of the fall line they can kind of pull them in awkward position so you do have to be a little careful of that but with those scenarios you know oftentimes i'll just kind of sit back on the rope let the person climb up a little bit and i as they climb up I drop down, right? Because we're in counterbalance. And since we're not connected together from harness to harness, for example, when they move up, I'm going to go down. And then I'll just wait till they get to a good stance and maybe I'll counter climb or counter ascend to get close to them again. So a lot of different scenarios that can happen there. But once again, you could literally just leave your belay tool into that system so you have a progress capture component into your counterbalance. So in that scenario, you know, you're choosing to go down and then come back up with them so you're actually going from you're not going to go back to the ground otherwise you need to take that belay tool out of the system so you're in just pure counterbalance is in that scenario so when we think about going into multi-pitch terrain actually let's go back to the single pitch terrain because this actually has is a cool little tool so sometimes what i'll do like especially when i'm coaching somebody um, and we're doing like their first leads, for example, first trad leads. And we've kind of gone through a whole progression of, you know, following, placing gear on the ground, you know, top roping a roof while placing gear. And, you know, maybe they have a belayed, um, you know, mock lead. And now they're actually leading, right? So they led the route. You know, maybe they have an anchor already set up from the top. They can just clip in and lower back. So when they get to the top of the climb, right, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just, you know, close off my belay tool and then as they lean back i'll start climbing so we're in counterbalance so they're coming down slowly as i climb up slowly now the key is you have to be very conscious of the climbing you know climbing that's more straight up and down there's no kind of awkward traversing your fall lines um, and then as i go up i'm looking at their equipment you know the gear that they placed and giving them feedback because oftentimes if if i climb up once they're on the ground, say they belay me up on the top rope, you know, they may not be able to hear me in certain places. So that can be kind of a cool thing. And then we kind of meet in the middle, chat about some more stuff. And then as I keep going up, I can kind of look at their stuff. So that's an interesting way of dealing with uh, using counterbalance. Also, in that scenario, you know, now they're at the ground, you're at the top. So you don't have to have them belay you to the top of the climb, right? To maybe break that anchor down. So you get to the top, secure yourself, and then make a transition to um, rappel down, for example. So that can be a really cool tool um, to give feedback, but also get yourself to the top of the climb um, to transition that off. And, you know, arguably, it, in 
if the scenario is right, it would be less risky than having your client come down and belay you up, right? Um, and there's a lot of control. So that can be another place where we can use some counterbalance and it works quite well. And if we kind of go on from there, let's think about um, maybe some multi-pitch scenarios, right? So in a multi-pitch scenario, you may utilize the um, counterbalance where you go down to coach somebody, right? But then you both go back up to the anchor. That could be definitely thing. So more of a coaching tool. But sometimes when we're in the multi-pitch environment, we're kind of using counterbalance more as a rescue tool. So now they get hurt, they, a rock hits them, right? On the climb. And then you turn into a transition, your system into a counterbalance system. And then you, you know, lower yourself down to them. And then you go down to the ground or to the next station. So now we're using that counter lowering, um, tool, which is great. Cause once again, with counter lowering, especially if you hook your harness to their rope, so use a friction hitch on their rope. Now you have the ability to move them around. So if they're a little bit higher than you, and the climbing's really steep or the terrain's really steep, they can kind of, you can turn them perpendicular to the wall and they kind of hang right in front of you and you can use your legs to push them off a wall. It's a really great way to dealing with overhang, stuff like that. So if they have an injury, for example, when they're a little bit above you, you can put them on your back pretty easily. You know, it's a little bear hug. That works really well. And then once again, you can kind of move them below you if you need to. Some, sometimes if I have weird terrain, I might actually get into a spot lower them down so they're below this train feature then i'll drop down to them and then we may separate whatever way we need to from there so um it's a really useful tool in that and when if you're doing multiple um lowerings right you need to go multiple pitches down it ends up being a really nice tool because what happens is you're counter lowering this person and then you get down to the next station. Now, you need to have stations with good fixed anchors or you have to leave some carabiners or something like that. You can't just have webbing. Um, and then what you can do is you can literally take the end of the rope, feed it through the anchor, tie it to your client. You hook up on with another belay tool on that system. So either a brake-assisted tool or a friction tool that's backed up. And then you essentially just lower yourself down until that new end of the rope's weighted on the lower anchor. Now you're still on the, 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 the counter-lowering system from the upper anchor now. But once you're down in, in counterbalance on this new system, you just can untie the client from their initial knot, knot that they tied into and undo your, your initial um, counter lowering um, blade tool and then you just pull the rope through the rings and then you keep going on your merry way and you can do that over and over and over again and it works really well and it's really smooth um, and you don't have to like put the client with a releasable system onto the anchor and then release them onto something else you can just keep using flip-flopping the ends of the rope as you go down which is really a uh, great way of dealing with that. So now when we are counter lowering, right, or any of these counterbalance scenarios for the most part, you know, the rope is moving through the system, right? So, you know, there can be inherent friction in the system by ropes going over the edges that can compound things, not in your favor sometimes. Um, you know, you're exposing more of your rope to edges, so so abrasion. Yet at the same time, you're not wearing one part of the rope exclusively so when you repel if you have a sharp edge you know that section of rope that's on that sharp edge you know that's just getting all the wear versus if you have counter lowering scenario that sharp edge is contacting a greater 
length of the rope, but it's never wearing in one spot. So that can actually be better for your rope in the long term. Um, so we can do that. Now with the counter lowering, I talked about this in another podcast, one of the earlier ones, and I can't quite remember now. But one thing you can do to protect yourself as an instructor a little bit is, you know, when you are going down to counter lower, and this is more in the sense that you're you're going to go down, there's a client below you, you're transitioning to a counter lower, and you're going to, you know, lower them to the ground or to the next station. Now, on your way down, you could hook a friction hitch up to the client's rope and connect it to you, right? So you're kind of getting the system ready so once you get to the client, you can just kind of go down from there. But that also does protect you as the guide. So say if the rope on the client side of things breaks, say there's damage from um, some rock fall, and as you're going down, somewhere on the rope between your friction hitch and that client, that rope breaks and that client you know, falls, you're kind of in counterbalance with yourself so you don't also fall. Um, there are some pros and cons to that mindset. You know, once again, if you're choosing to use a counterbalance scenario um, solution, you should maybe make sure that that's not a possibility. So you might need to go down and check out the rope before you choose to be in counterbalance. So I talk about this more on an earlier podcast um, and kind of one of the more learning-based ones. Um, it's, it's literally in the first five or six um, more specific um, example of that that um, thought process in that scenario so but it is a, it is a way to back yourself up for sure now the other place where we can use counterbalance is leader rescue right so let's just say the leader fell and is injured and they're either in kind of ledgy terrain where you can't lower them down to you or they're further than halfway out on their rope, so there's not enough rope to get to you. Well, essentially, what you're going to have to do after you make a whole bunch of choices to, <laughs> to decide to go is to you know, counter-climb to them and then most likely counter-lower down. You wouldn't have to counter-lower. You could do some other things, but that is definitely one of the options, kind of the, the least, least steps involved is just to counter um, ascend rather, and then counter lower. But in that leader rescue, you are going to be countering, doing a counterbalance system to get to them. Now we have to do some things like think about, you know, are they on bolts? Are they on gear? How do you feel about their gear? How many pieces of gear in between them, between you? Um, you know, but that's going to be one of the easier ways of dealing with that scenario um, and can work quite well, even in, in, in in some traversing pitches and stuff like that. So that's another place we're going to see kind of a counter balance scenario is that leader rescue. And then once from again, from there, you know, you could do multiple pitches of counter lowering um, depending on the solution. Um, or you could, you could counter haul, like I mentioned. Now, one thing you can do, like some real basic stuff with counter hauling, right? You could really just be one-to-one with a redirect. So the redirect being whatever the rope's going through above you. And if you pull up on the other rope that the client's tied to as you're hanging on it you're kind of essentially taking some of the weight off them and that may bring them up higher just like if they pull down on your harness while you pull up on their rope they're making you heavier by pulling down on you you're making them lighter by pulling up on them and that skews the balance piece to your side so you drop so you can play around with that right when you're in counterbalance oftentimes you can 
move the other person without having to climb up and down the rope using your belay tool. So it's always worth kind of understanding how that works and playing around with that just by shifting this, the, uh, the two sides of the scale, right? You, do, you can do that without having to move up and down on the rope itself. So counterbalance um, scenarios are great there too. And I guess back to that counter repel I mentioned the, in the second episode, right? There are ways you can kind of back up a counter repel to make it a little bit safer. Like you can use jam knots at the anchor side of things. You can either tie those in or if you have two ropes, you know, so someone's repelling off a jam knot. So they're less affected by the other person if the other person um, repels off the end of the rope, for example. If you connect yourselves together, you know, so if you, you as their repeller is on, is on the jam knot side of things, you know, so you're, you're repelling off the jam knot and you're connected to the other person on the other side who's not connected to the jam knot. If they repel off the end of their rope, they're going to they're gonna be connected to you. So they're going to fall and weight you, but you're not going to lose everybody because now everybody's kind of um, arrested by that jam knot at the anchor. So there are ways of making that system um, safer. But once again, if you really think about the time that goes into kind of making all that happen and being really conscious of doing it well and really weighting the systems at the same time, it's like just have to repel and repel. Um, and if you need to go down at the same time, use a, use a, um, a spider repel, a tandem repel, and go from there. So that's that's my opinion and my advice. But there are ways you can kind of make that a little bit better. So you can see a lot of different places where counterbalance can be really useful tools, both in terms of coaching and teaching, right, and a variety of skill sets from people who are brand new and really scared to people who are doing lead climbing and you're going to be kind of kind of working in a more vertical environment. So you want to make it more dynamic for them and and they're learning, but also more dynamic for you because it's really fun um, for you to kind of do more interesting stuff um, to when we actually have to do some sort of rescue, whether it's a fairly simple intervention rescue or a very complex, you know, multi-pitch scenario. So um, one other thing I mentioned in the first episode, this is kind of a unique scenario, but it's possible, is I mentioned the first episode when you counter ascend that the gold standard when I do these scenarios, do these systems rather, is that the client never drops. And there's one specific reason for that. Now one, there there are two reasons. One reason is that if they start dropping and they're scared, it just makes them more scared, right? So there's a piece there. But there is a possibility that if you're top roping a crack climb, for example, and they get actually get an appendage stuck in in the crack, you want to try to keep the most tension on them to take the most weight off their appendage as being stuck in the crack. So if you are sloppy in your counter ascending, or maybe even your your belay transfer, if you're not the one belaying into that system, right? They're going to continually drop onto that appendage, which could make it more and more uncomfortable or painful. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an appendage stuck in a crack. I actually did a few years ago. I was leading, and I I actually got my hand stuck in a crack. It was pretty deep in there, and I almost panicked. I actually was kind of feeling really trapped, and I finally eventually got it out, but I was literally stuck there for about 15 minutes with my hand stuck, and it's the first time I've ever had it happen to me. So it's not impossible to have that scenario. you know, especially as someone's learning how to crack climb, you know, they may just really get something jammed in there. So you want to 
really be good with your counter ascending so that you don't put any more weight and therefore cause them any more pain in that scenario. And then be able to do it very efficiently so you can get them out of that scenario very quickly. So there is precedent for that happening, but it's definitely not something that's super common. Um, but it definitely can happen. So anyway, counterbalance, really interesting systems, you know, worth playing around with them, really worth getting good at them. Um, and then also worth adding them into your repertoire for those more dynamic teaching and learning opportunities um, because it's a great, powerful tool to help people have a great experience out there. So it's not just a rescue tool. Um, But you want to do it well. So you have a lot of eggs riding on uh, one basket. So anyway, counterbalance. So I forgot to add this piece in. Um, Counterbalance is something that is actually used in the alpine as well. So short roping and short pitching, really short pitching. Um, we oftentimes will use counterbalance there. So, you know, sometimes what we'll do is I may lower somebody down using a rock horn, for example, and then uh, they get to a stance and then I'll kind of go down and climb down next to them and I leave the rope over the horn. So if I fall, we're in counterbalance. So I we're both still attached to the mountain. And we can kind of make that... Um, can kind of upscale that a little bit like i might choose to have like a munter hitch on my harness and i'm kind of lowering them down that way versus to hand belay and they get to a lower stance and i literally repel you know off them so i'm counter repelling off them down to them right so that's another thing we could do um sometimes i've done things where instead of going to that step i've actually just um used like a, a quick friction hitch on my harness so like they go down to the lower stance, I have a friction hitch on, so and then I'll just kind of use that to come down. So I'm not like fully weighting the rope, I'm kind of down climbing, but I don't just have all the slack in the system, so I can just kind of like shuffle a friction hitch down. That works really well, so we're in counterbalance for sure. But remember, when you're in counterbalance, like fully weighted counterbalance, you're going to put weight on the other person, which can be really uncomfortable. So you have to be conscious of that. But... Sometimes in the Alpine, you know, we'll use counterbalance scenarios where we get to an anchor, or maybe it's some kind of tat or whatever. Um, it's kind of like good enough to get down, and you may like lower somebody down um, to their to another lower stance, and then you may be tempted to counterbalance off them to get to them, and then pull your rope through that anchor. But remember, you gotta you gotta remember that counterbalance is gonna double. Um, the force that's on the rope. So if, once again, if you've got a 100-pound person on one side, you need to hold 100 pounds on the other side so the ultimate anchor anchor is ultimately going to take 200 pounds. So we're, we got that pulley effect going on. So if we're dealing with kind of, kind of not the best alpine anchors and we can't back them up in any ways, you know, you, can, you could lower somebody down, so essentially their rope's going through that anchor, lower them down to the lower stance, but instead of going into counterbalance, which is A, uncomfortable, and B, putting more load on the anchor, right? Could Maybe it's just a bunch of blocks or whatever it is. Um, just hook up on repel. So just grab the rope you know, and turn that, turn that counterbalance scenario into repel because when we repel, if it's just you going down at one point, by yourself rather, you're not doubling that load on the anchor. It's just your weight now, right? And the other person is still protected because your rope's going through, um, their rope's going through the propel device. So even like little tricks of being very conscious, like when you hook up your, 
you know, if you're using a uh, tube style device, you know, which hole you hook it in and how you hook it into your carabiner. So that way the hole that's closest to the gate is open. So when you lower that person down, maybe you're doing a little counter um, lower there. As you're in a good stance, you lower them down to the lower stance and then you just grab their rope a little bit of slack in it and plug it into your device and quickly clip it into your carabiner so now both ropes are in the carabiner like little things like that so they're still on belay um and you do a real quick transition so in um alpine train we do use counterbalance scenarios for counter climbing on the way down for example as the as the guide to kind of protect the guide but also you know counter lowering um with against the client to protect the guide as well for coming down. So it, it is used there as well. So, um, and I, in some ways I, I'll probably use counterbalance scenario depending on how much, you know, how much the train really dictates it in, in Alpine train. But if I'm in really good third and fourth class train, I may use that quite a bit relative to how much I may use it in multi-pitch climbing. So, um, it's definitely a, a genre that we actually use it quite a bit. You don't really see counterbalance much in skiing. I think if you're in a counterbalance scenario skiing, you've probably made some interesting choices to be there. So it's not impossible, but it's probably not going to be your your go-to system in that environment. But uh, certainly in the alpine environment for sure. So.